What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at We Are Ablaze. So we're starting a new series for the next three weeks. I think it's going to be three weeks. It might be longer, but we're going to be talking about relationships. Yeah. Everyone say relationships. And really, when it comes to relationships, the first thing you have to understand is in order to have functionable relationships with everybody that you live with, that you go to school with, that's in your house and in the world that we live in here on earth, before you can have functioning relationships with all of us and all of you beautiful people, you must first have a relationship with him. Because only God can heal our hearts, only God can make us the way he created us and make sure that we've got nothing on the inside of us that's hurting us or or causing turmoil. And did you know there's a saying that hurting people hurt people? And so if you don't let God come into your life and heal you, because we all go through things. Let me see a show of hands. How many of you in this room have gone through something? Whether it's with a boyfriend, a girlfriend, mom, dad, teacher, somebody, a sibling. Put your hand up if you've gone through something. All right, it's unanimous. That's all of us. We've all gone through stuff, right? And I know that, you know, sometimes we can just, it takes time to heal. But really, the Bible says the healer of the broken heart is Jesus. So when we enter into this relationship with him, he can do some stuff on the inside of us, and he can fix us, and he can make us whole. And then when we're whole, we become happy with who we are. And when you're happy with who you are, you're nicer to everybody else around you. Right? Because you're just stoked about life. And when you're stoked about life, you're just like, dude, what's up? All right? And so we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about, you know, that because I want to spend time looking at, like, how we treat each other. And I want to spend time looking at that stuff. And so um, we are supposed to have relationships here on this world. You are not supposed to be, and it's okay if it's your personality, if you're an introvert, if you're like my wife who's extremely reclusive, she's happy to like, you know, go into the bedroom, and it took me a while after we got married because it was really weird to me because that's not my personality. She would go into the bedroom, and then we wouldn't talk for hours, and I'd be like, I hope she's not dead. <laughs> you know, I hope she's okay. I don't know what's going on in there, and so, you know, peek around the corner, are you okay in there? You know, because I'm very like loud and like, what up world? You know, let's party. Let's have a good time, and so her personality took me a little while to figure out, but even though she's an introvert, even though she's very reclusive, it is not okay for her to be completely secluded and by herself. We're supposed to have relationships. We're supposed to have fellowship. We're supposed to encourage one another. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron. You only get sharpened by a friend and you only get, you know, fellowship with a friend when you spend time with them. And so no one is supposed to be on an island by themselves. And this, we see this in the very beginning in Genesis 2, 18. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good. Someone say, not good. Not good. <laughs> Come on, say, not good. not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And so we know that God, he went on to create Eve, and the Bible's very clear about the creation of Eve. The Bible says that God took Eve from man's side, not from his feet to be trampled on by him, not from his head to rule over him, but from his side to be equal with him to be a helper, right, to be one with him. And so God said in the very beginning, after he created everything that you see, because Bible says everything was created for him and by him. He created all of this, and then he created man in his likeness and his image, and he put him in this world. And then this is so cool. How would have you liked to have been Adam? And the Bible says whatever name he gave to the animals, that's what they were called. Dude, so Adam's like, that thing's got a long neck and spots. You're a giraffe. (laughs) 
dude, let me just say, if I was Adam, we would have some super weird animals, like even more weird than it is, you know, I mean, it'd be kind of crazy, and so, but anyways, whatever he named him, and God's like, you know, he's got animals, and he's giving them names, and that's pretty dope, and that's awesome, but you know what, he needs something else, he needs companionship, he needs fellowship, he needs someone that is like him, someone that can understand things with him and go through things with him and, and communicate with him. And they need to share this life together. So we see in the beginning that God said that relationships are important over in Genesis 3.8. And don't you know that God, he doesn't ever want us to be alone. Just yep. like that song that we were just singing, the, the only thing I know is God is in control and he never leaves me alone. Now this is good news. We're going to take another poll Anybody in the room ever done anything wrong before? Yeah, that should be every single hand going up. Well, listen to this scripture. This will encourage you. Genesis 3.8. It says, and this is after Adam and Eve, you know, God put them in the Garden of Eden. And he said, you know, oh, my goodness, I got so much that I can share about this, but we don't really have time. God put them in the garden. He created the tree of good and evil. And he said, listen, I don't want you to partake of that tree because I only want you to know good. And then Adam and Eve, we know that they committed high treason against God. And when they committed high treason against God, in that moment, they became separated from God. And when they were separated from God, there was a disturbance in the good force. God was like, something's not right here. And this is where we pick it up over here in Genesis 3.8. And it says, and then he said to man and his wife, or then the man and his wife heard a sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? So this really blesses me because this shows me that even when I mess up, even when I screw up, even when I feel like I don't belong in this relationship with God, even when I don't deserve it, it's okay because when I'm running away from God, he's still running after me. So what does that tell us? There's nothing you can ever do to get away from him. He loves you and wants to be in a relationship with you. See, if God could have left man, and Pastor Rhonda taught us this, if God could have left man at any moment in time, it should have been right now when they screwed up. But in this moment in time of their mess up, that's when God didn't run away from them, but he ran towards them. What does that prove to us? God wants a relationship with mankind. Amen. Someone say relationship. relationship. Romans 5.8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This proves how much God wants a relationship with you. You hear us say it all the time, guys. We're not in a religion, we're in a relationship. Amen. Now, in order for us to be in a relationship, there has to be some form of communication. That's why we have praise and worship. That's you communicating with God. That's why we read our Bibles. That's communicating with God. That's why we pray. That's communication with God. That is fellowship, and that's how we build, and that's how we grow in that relationship. And we may talk about that later, but what I'm trying to prove to you is that God wants us to have relationships. And why does he have us want us to have relationships? Because they're important. Someone say they're important. Now, we're going to look at some stuff here in a minute. Y'all just bear with me. i got to lay the groundwork, all right? So over here in Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 12, say, I'm not alone. So you got God that's with you, and you're supposed to have godly friends that are with you too. Why? Over here in Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 12, it says, I observed a yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without child or brother, yet he works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? Is it all so meaningless and depressing? Two people are better than one. Someone say two's better. For they can help each other succeed. 
See, this is why we need people in our lives. Because this is why you need me and I need you. Because we're supposed to help. Why do I go to church? Because we're here to help each other succeed. I'm supposed to bring the best out of you, and you're supposed to bring the best out of me, and we're all supposed to have this understanding that we can't do this by ourselves. Why can't we do it by ourselves? Well, you keep reading. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. Verse 10. If one person falls, <laughs> woo! another question for you. Show me if a show of hands. Anybody in here ever fallen? You know what's really weird? I was thinking about this today. I figured out why I fall down so much. Not spiritually, but naturally. Why? Okay, you put your hands down. Why I fall down so much. I figured out I'm a lazy walker. I, like, drag my feet. And then, like, we were praying in the church over there, and the floor is kind of uneven in some parts because it's what they call a floating floor. And it just sits on the concrete, so it has, like, these waves. And, like, we prayed for an hour, and I walk. I walk when I pray. And I kept tripping and, like, almost falling. And it was really embarrassing because people would be praying. They'd be like, oh, what's Robert doing? You know, what's he doing? Oh, that's so weird. And I'm like, why? And so everyone's praying, and I'm trying to pray, but I can't stop tripping. And so I'm talking to God, like, why do I keep almost falling down? And he's like, you lazy! And I'm like, oh. Oh, whoa, what? And he's like, pick up your feet. But anyways, that's a, so, and so I figured out, you know, has anyone in here ever fallen before? Made a mistake. Maybe you did something you weren't supposed to do. Maybe you went with from friends and you did something that you weren't supposed to do. Maybe you disobeyed your parents. Maybe you cheated on a test. Maybe <laughs> you cheated on a girl or boy. Maybe you did something you weren't supposed to do. He begins to show us why it's important to have people because, but when someone who falls, who's alone, is in real trouble, why are they in real trouble? Verse 11, likewise, two people, are, or I'm sorry, because no one can reach out and help. And so he's saying if we fall and we're alone, we're in trouble because no one's there to help us back up. Real quick, I'll just interject this. If you want to be a good friend, don't kick someone when they're down. Help them back up. Because that's like lots of times what the world does. If someone messes up, we usually stand back and make fun of them and throw stones at them. But instead of doing that, we should help them back up and find their footing again. So verse 10, or verse 11, he says, Likewise, two people laying close to gain warm, can gain warmth from each other, but how can one person be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. They're even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So he's saying, listen, if two is good, then three is even better. Why? Because a, a three-braided cord is not easily broken. And so we have to understand we need each other. I want to say we need each other. We're supposed to have these relationships. We're supposed to have relationships with our parents. Supposed to have relationships with our peers. One day you're supposed to have an intimate relationship with your spouse. We're supposed to have a relationship with God. We are supposed to have relationships. But let me tell you this. Not every relationship is good. Just like not every relationship is bad. But one thing that every relationship needs is boundaries. Amen. Say it again to give you another chance to say amen. <laughs> not every relationship is bad. Not every relationship is good. But every relationship needs boundaries. Amen. <laughs> amen. Without boundaries, relationships can get sideways really, really quick. And so we have to understand Proverbs 18:24. It says, one who is unreliable, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to a ruin. 
But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So what is he saying? This is implying that there's good relationships in this bad, and there's bad relationships in this bad. Bad relationships will lead your life to ruin, but good relationships will build you up and encourage you to keep going. And so we have to be specific in our relationships. How do we know if it's a good relationship? It's real simple. You have these boundaries, and if the relationship is willing to go outside those boundaries, then it's bad. But if the relationship can live inside those boundaries, then it's good. Amen? Listen to what the definition of a boundary is. A limit of a subject or a sphere of activity. You've got to set boundaries on your relationships. Your boundaries have to live within a certain sphere of activity. That's so crazy. Your relationships have to live in a certain sphere of activity. Can I just share what this might look like because you're senior high? There's particular activities that you're supposed to wait to do until you're married. There's boundaries, there's privileges that come with marriage. Amen? But unless you're, if you're not married, then there's boundaries. There's a sphere where that relationship has to live and it's not supposed, there's activities that are not supposed to exist inside that sphere. There's boundaries on that relationship and every relationship needs boundaries, amen? Without boundaries, things get weird. All right, so I got some Apple Jacks. I got some milk. And I got a spoon. It looks like Macy. Macy, yeah, come here, Noah, come here. All right, if you guys remember at the beginning of the service, I told you that Noah had oral surgery on Thursday. And so he's got some blood clots in here that are in the back cavities. Um, just last night, he had to go home because his gum started bleeding. And so do you have any stitches in there? Yeah. So you got some stitches in there. Would you lay down right here for me? Come here, just lay down. It's okay. Just lay down. Just lay down. Now, I need a volunteer um, that's willing to eat this out of his mouth. Go ahead and lay down. Come here. Macy, why won't you look at me? <laughs> She's scared. She refuses. She refuses to look at me. How about you, Jillian? No. Um, uh, Jay, you want to come eat this out of his mouth? Come eat this out of his mouth. Savannah? You want to come in? Okay, so listen, I knew that no one was going to partake of this. Thank you. You can go. <laughs> now, this is real simple, really simple. The same way all of you avoided that is the same way you should avoid relationships without boundaries. Because relationships without boundaries are toxic as relationships with boundaries are healthy. See, to eat this out of his mouth, where he has these six holes in there because there were teeth there on Thursday, but the dentist ripped them out and then sewed him up to where last night he was bleeding, to eat Apple Jacks out of a man's mouth that is missing six teeth and still has sutures in there and was bleeding last night is what we would like to call unsanitary. It is not healthy. <laughs> yeah, it would have been the, the wisdom tooth virus. I don't know. But my point is this. The reason why you guys didn't do it is because it exceeded boundaries that you were unwilling to go past. And because you didn't go past them, you don't have to experience the consequences 
of what could have happened right there. See, when you go past boundaries in a relationship, there's always going to be consequences for going beyond the set boundaries. And so we have to understand, well, if everything is supposed to have boundaries, we have to decide what is going to set the boundaries on that relationship. It can't be us because our boundaries are always changing. You know, we might set boundaries if we're in a relationship with a girl, set boundaries if we're in a relationship with a boy. We set these boundaries, but it's amazing how those boundaries go out the window when you start cuddling a little bit. Right? It, we might set boundaries with our friends, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, but then all of a sudden we see them, you know, uh, benefiting from crossing the lines with boundary. And yes, the Bible says that when we sin, there is immediate pleasure, but then it says beyond that, the wages of sin is death. So we know, yeah, it might gratify me in this very brief moment, but something is going to die forever because of this. See, we've got to be careful that we don't go outside these boundaries because then it's very problematic. And instead of being healthy and a support system for us, it becomes toxic and begins to tear us down. I bet you if you thoroughly examine your life, most of the relationships that you had that went south and that were toxic and problematic were because you exceeded some boundaries that you knew you shouldn't have went past. And so I can't be trusted to set the boundaries. I have to, say, I have to trust something that is worthy, that is quality, that is consistent. I have to let that set the boundaries so my relationships will be quality, so my relationships will be consistent. Y'all see where I'm going with this? So I have to let the perfect one set my boundaries, not just for a relationship with the opposite sex, but also with every relationship that I have. I want to let the Bible and I got to let God's word decide because guess what? He has boundaries for everything. And lots of times when we think of boundaries, we think of limits. But when you follow God's boundaries, you're actually limitless. Amen. Let me give you an example. He has boundaries for your finances. He says, you're supposed to give 10%. Your tithe belong. The Bible says your tithe belongs to the Lord. And that seems like a boundary, right? I'm supposed to live off 90% and give 10% to the Lord. If we look at that, it looks like a boundary that's limiting our life. But then the Bible says in Malachi, when you do that, when you live within the parameters and the guidelines of God's boundaries, what's going to happen is the Bible says the windows of heaven will be opened up and a blessing will be poured out on you so great that you don't have room to contain it. Now, Rick Renner was just here, and he was teaching us. He's saying that word right there, windows open up, only appears three times in the Bible. One time when it would appear was the flood with Noah. So when the windows of heaven open up, man, a flood comes out. Right? Let me give you another one. The Bible says over in Ephesians 6, says it over in Deuteronomy, it says children obey the Lord. Over in, or not the Lord, it says children obey your parents. Over in Ephesians it says obey your parents because this is right before God. Over in Deuteronomy it says obey your parents because this is the first commandment with a promise. If you obey your parents, you'll live a long life. Someone say long life. See, and when we read that, it looks like God's putting a limit on us. By putting this boundary, you mean I've got to obey my parents? And we get so caught up with the boundaries, we forget the latter part of that scripture that says, when I do this, I'll experience long life. See, God's boundaries and his parameters that he's wanting to put on relationships isn't to uh, control you. It's not to take things away from you. It's to make your life limitless. Amen. See, because he knows, because he knows everything. He knows if you get beyond those boundaries in a certain situation with a certain individual, how it's going to change your life forever. 
And he also knows that if you live within the boundaries, how it's going to change your life forever in a good way. And so we got to let God set these boundaries. Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet, a light for my path. He's got a word for everything in your life. 2 Peter 1.19 says, we have also the prophetic message of something completely reliable. Someone say his word's reliable. Come on, say it's reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And so, guess what? Sometimes relationships are dark places. What do I mean by that? They're not evil. There's just something unknown about it. Is this relationship going to be advantageous to my life? Is this relationship going to be beneficial? Is this relationship going to be good or is it going to be bad? Well, how do you know? You seek the Lord. And then he can bring light into that dark place. Not that their heart's dark, not that that relationship's even dark, not that it's going to be bad, but you need to know. See, I don't know about you. I'll just tell you, when Rachel and I first started, you know, flirting, we're catching eyes across the room, you know, she's looking at me, I'm looking at her, you know, we're doing the whole thing where they look at you. Well, maybe you guys aren't like this, but okay, I'm terrible to know when someone's flirting with me. Like, I couldn't tell, like, she would have to come out and hit me with a stick and be like, she's flirting with you. But, you know, you can catch eyes and some people get embarrassed and they're like, don't look at her, you know. And we started flirting. And to me, it was dark because I didn't know if I was supposed to be with her. But I needed to know because I was at that point in my life where this relationship was going to be one of those relationships that is going to go on forever. And anytime a relationship goes on forever, you kind of want to know on the front end if it's going to be forever, right? And so I was super scared at the beginning of the relationship because I didn't know. But the way I found out was I went to God about it. And I let his word Both his rhema and his logos, his word from the word and his word from him speak to my heart. And when I went to God and I put the light of God's word on it, he was able to expose the darkness that was there, bring some light to it and show me this relationship is forever. And because of that, I went in it with confidence and praise God, we're still together today. Amen? And so we have to let God's word be the parameters from which we live. Amen? And so we know And this is where we're going to stop for this week. Every relationship that you guys get into, you should ask God about it. Because remember what we said, not every relationship's good, not every relationship's bad, but every relationship needs boundaries. And then when you get into a relationship, and lots of times when we think relationship, we think relationship. (laughs) But I'm just talking about even friendship. We should be seeking the Lord about all this stuff. Let me read this last scripture for you guys over in Proverbs 3, 6, one through, or, uh, 6 through 12. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. What does that mean? We shouldn't try to figure out if a relationship is going to be healthy or unhealthy. We should ask God if it's going to be healthy or unhealthy. He said right here, don't try to figure it out on your own. Because guess what? And this is no, uh, <clears throat> this is no revelation knowledge to you that you don't already know. But everyone in the room, we don't know everything. I have very little insight, even how tomorrow's going to go. I know I'm supposed to go to work, and that's about the extent of it. (laughs) So our knowledge is extremely limited. And so here in the scripture, he's saying, don't try to figure out everything on your own. Don't try to figure out if this is going to be a healthy relationship or a toxic relationship. Don't try to figure that out on your own because on your own, you are unqualified. 
Because lots of times when we try to make a decision on our own, we're using all the wrong things. Like, how do they make me feel? Am I attracted to them? And I get, do I get excited? Does my heart, you know, you taking your pulse and being like, okay, it's shooting up a little bit. I think this is going to be good. You know, we use all the wrong things to evaluate this decision when really the one thing we should be using is God. So every relationship, we ask him. He said, don't try to do this on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Someone say on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything in your, of your own. Give him the first and the best. Someone say the best. Your barns will burst and your wine vats will fill to the brim. But don't, dear, <clears throat> but don't, I must have misspelled that thing. But don't, dear children, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under his love and correction. It's the child he loves that God corrects. A father's delight is behind all this. And so when we let God set the boundaries on all of our relationships, it keeps our lives on track. Amen. And I got to tell you the truth. Not that I'd ever lie to you. But this is really when my life began to change. When I started seeking God, you know over in Matthew 6.33 where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When I started seeking God about everything, including all of my relationships. Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to waste my time with toxic. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time. And maybe some people in the room, maybe you like drama. I don't. I like living a peace and quiet life, peaceful, quiet life, man. Well, how does that happen? Well, I keep myself out of problematic relationships. The only way that happens is to get God involved. If you would, just close your eyes and bow your heads real quick. Remember, guys, <laughs> avoid bad relationships like you avoided Noah's mouth. Here's some truth for you. If you were honest with yourself, it's just as easy to recognize bad relationships. It's just that easy. Just like you knew that if you came up here and you ate that cereal out of his mouth, you knew that it would be bad for you. You knew that. The Bible says that you have a witness. And that witness isn't in your head, that witness isn't in your friends. That witness is right here in your heart. Because the Bible says, greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.19 that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that you are children of the Most High God. He is your shepherd and you are his sheep. And then it says that you know his voice. What he's challenging you to do tonight is to evaluate relationships in your life and say, is this healthy or is this unhealthy? Is this good or is this bad? And this is a promise I can make to you. Every time you ask God, he will answer. And when it comes to your relationships, you're supposed to ask him. It is not God's plan 
for you to get hurt in this life. Father God, I pray for these students. I thank you that you help us understand the importance of relationships. As we look at this over the next two weeks, Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit would just open the eyes of our understanding, that we begin to see things, what we're looking for in relationships and what we are supposed to be in a relationship. But Father God, first of all, most importantly, I ask that you would help every single one of us come to you to set the barriers and the parameters and the boundaries of all of our relationships. What's the relationship with my parents supposed to look like? What's the relationship with my teacher supposed to look like? What's the relationship with my friends supposed to look like? What's the relationship with my boyfriend and my girlfriend? What do these relationships look like? What are the boundaries and the parameters that have been set by the perfect God? And so, Father, I ask that you would help them examine the relationships through your lens, not our lens, but through your lens, so we can see if it's going to be good or bad. If there's anybody in here that has questions about them, Father God, I thank you that you just give them a witness right now on the inside. You show them what's going to be good for them, and you show them what's going to be bad for them. And I just boldly say this, Father. That if there's any relationships in here that are going to hurt them, I ask that you help them break away from those relationships in the name of Jesus. Give them the strength to do what they know they need to do so they can preserve and protect their lives. I ask for all of that in the name of Jesus. Now as your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, I want to ask you a question because lots of times I just don't know. If there's anybody in the room as everybody is in an intimate place with the Lord and, and we're just focused on ourselves and our own lives and no one's looking around, but if there's anybody in the room and you've never had the opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ, to invite him to be your Lord and your Savior, if you want to do that tonight for the very first time, I'm not talking about rededication, we'll get to that in a minute, I'm talking about salvation, the first time being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. If there's anybody tonight and you want to make that decision for the first time, if you would, just show me with an uplifted hand real quick. Amen. Let me ask you another question. If there's anybody in the room and you're saying, you know what, uh, I, I do love Jesus. And I've done my best to have this relationship with him. But lately I've made some decisions that have caused some separation, some division between. It's not that he went away. It's just I started to run away with my own choices. And tonight, I want to come back to him. I know he's been running after me, and I want to turn around. I want to do a 180, and I want to run towards him instead of away from him. I need to ask him to forgive me of some mistakes I made. If there's anybody in the room, and you want to ask God for forgiveness tonight, you want to ask him to come back into your life in a dramatic way. You want to ask him so that way you can be forgiven of all of your sins and cleansed from all of your unrighteousness, washed by the blood of Jesus once again. If there's anybody in the room tonight, and you're saying, that is me, just show me right now if an uplifted hand put it up real high so I can see it amen you can put your hands down thank you for your boldness now listen we're gonna pray and something is gonna happen he's gonna take that weight of the guilt and the heaviness and he's gonna take it off your shoulders and he's gonna exchange your ashes for his beauty your sorrow for his joy your pain for his peace Because when you pray, 
God moves. When you pray, things happen. And so right there, if you would, with your eyes closed, just say this with me. Everybody in the room, let's say it together. Say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and be my Savior. Jesus, I ask to be forgiven and washed by your blood. I receive your forgiveness. Right there. I don't know if you felt that or not, but that is the presence of God. Ushered into the room by nothing other than your prayer. And why is he here? He's here to help us. And so right now, you just let him work. <laughs> I'm going to pray. You just receive. Father God, I pray for every single one of them. I thank you. That's what I see in my heart. Father, if they've ever been in a relationship that hurt them or damaged them, damage them emotionally, damage them mentally, maybe even damage them physically. I speak to that hurt in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for peace. Jesus, I release you as the healer of the brokenhearted. And I thank you that you touch our hearts and you repair our souls, our minds, our wills, and our emotions. And you give us the hope and the confidence and the courage that we need to go on. I thank you for your wonderful grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you guys ever need us, we're always here to talk to you. Come back next week. Bring a friend with you as we look more deeply into relationships. It's going to be good. Love you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We want to remind you, if you'd like to join us in person, we meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here in Madison, Alabama. We are Ablaze Youth Ministries, grades 6 through 12. We hope to see you. Otherwise, be sure to keep on listening to the podcast.